Welcome back. This is episode 69 of the What Do We Do podcast. And on today's show, we're taking a deep dive into the Lucky Finn Project. Joining me in studio is the founder, Molly Stapleman, and the inspiration behind it all, Ryan Stapleman. It's going to be a great show, so let's go. Welcome to What Do We Do, a podcast discussing wealth management and financial planning featuring key leaders in our communities, hosted by founder and CEO of Great Lakes Wealth, Dewey Stefan. Tune in to hear how you can plan for and live your, your best, best life. life. Well, we're back for another guest episode of the What Do We Do podcast, where we bring in leaders of the community who have a story to tell, knowledge to share, and advice to give. And we have them come on in and share with our community so that we all just don't survive, but we thrive. And today I'm joined by Molly and Ryan Stapleman. Molly, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Ryan, welcome to the show. Happy to and they are part of an amazing organization called the Lucky Finn Project. Ladies, have you heard of this? Vaguely. It rings Vaguely. a bell a little bit. Once so or might, twice? Might have. Yeah, might. Okay, well, we're going to get into it. So hopefully you can blow off the cover of the program and we're going to get into it, okay? So for all of you out there listening and watching, I want to thank you for tuning in and remind you to subscribe download, share this podcast. We have over 1.5 million total views on social media with over 50,000 direct downloads. We can't do it without your help. And so thank you so much for where you've gotten us to and we appreciate where you're gonna get us to go. So with that, I wanna talk about the Lucky Finn Project. And for those of you listening and watching, Molly founded the Lucky Finn Project and Ryan was the inspiration behind it. So with that, I'm going to ask, what is the latest with the Lucky Finn Project? Let's say we just came out of uh, our annual uh, LFP weekend, which was obviously on hiatus for a good two years. Thank you, pandemic. Um, so we, we had we just had that in mid, mid to late July, and uh, that was very, <laughs> that was the biggest turnout we've had since. I think it kind of still was suppressed a little bit by COVID, um, and frankly, the cost of airfare and travel for a lot of families, and it was a difficult time to make choices about finances and the travel, but we had over 800 people come from 26 states, Canada, uh, Saudi Arabia, and Mexico this year. That's so, fantastic. Yeah. And what was the purpose of this Lucky Finn Project Jamboree? Well, it's... It's really, um, I put it on as kind of a love letter to the community. It's kind of a crazy sort of family reunion of people who maybe have met or have never met in person and have only been engaged with each other through social media. And we, we bring it in, we rent out a park, we have a hotel, it's all catered. Um, Troy Police and Fire come in, the K-9 unit does a demonstration, and it's really just an excuse to get us all together in the same place face-to-face -face, finally. And I think that that is awesome. And as we share the Lucky Finn Project story with our audience, they will also understand why it was so important for you to put this together before the pandemic and now again after the pandemic, right? Oh, yeah. I, I think a lot of people really hurt during the pandemic and missed 
that opportunity to to unite with our community because we are such a such a unique community. Um, so our time together is sort of few and far between in person. As in in person, um, we're all very connected in social media. But then to have literally two years where we couldn't be together um, was a, was a real challenge. Um, and so people were really, really hungry for it this year. So it made this year just even better. And I was able to see some of the photos that you posted on social media and it just looked like there was so much joy and so much love. That was amazing. But I think this is enough of a tease for all of those that are listening and watching to what the heck is the lucky Finn project. And because I want to pretend that I know a little bit. I do know there's this movie called Finding Nemo. And I have no idea if there's any correlation between Finding Nemo and the Lucky Finn Project. But please, let's go ahead and start from the beginning and give us the the down and dirty about uh, how it all came about. Well, number one, you're completely correct that... Booyah! (laughs) ...that uh, there is definitely a correlation between Finding Nemo and the name of the organization. So... Back in 2007, um, I gave birth to Ryan, and everything was real smooth and everything. And then when she arrived, we discovered that she was not born with a fully developed right hand. She had a thumb and a smaller palm, but other than that, no no fingers. Um, it wasn't something that was detected on the ultrasound, so it was a complete surprise for us. Just We had no idea. I don't recall panicking or anything like that. Um, I do remember when kind of like got out of the OR and everybody kind of left us alone and we had some time to like settle in the room, Ryan's father, Ryan and myself. Um, You know, uh, obviously you've got a couple things in play. I've just given birth to a human being. Um, I had 16 hours of labor and pregnant women are all jacked up on hormones. So there's a lot going on and then throw in her unexpected hand difference. I just got super emotional and I started what I call is what I refer to as the worry train, um, which is very common with new parents, whether they find out um, before their child's born or at the time of birth, all the what ifs. And, and in, in no other scenario do you think necessarily of having a three hour old baby and starting to wonder about how they're going to drive. And so you're leaping way, way ahead instead of being in the moment and being so excited. You know, as we always say, Ryan, on this show, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So, I mean, listen, three hours old, but you are going to drive. You are going to do those other things. So, again, I'm kind of teasing just to kind of lighten the the moment, but totally get it. So it must have been emotions all over the place. All over the place. And, you know... uh, what about the monkey bars? What about what if she wants to play the piano? What about painting her fingernails and she's not going to have 10? Like her friends, clearly that's not an issue. Because, right. You know, we got all six painted. Um, but you just start that. And then why her, why us? And as the mother, you know, it, you, you kind of feel like it's it, your job to, to grow the baby, right? So I immediately started to, to backtrack and, you know, what did I do wrong? Did, you know, did I exercise too much? Was it that glass of wine I had in November when I didn't realize I was pregnant yet, you know, all this stuff and why her, why us and all this stuff. And Ryan's dad had a really beautiful moment where he just said, you know what? She's never going to know any different. We're not going to treat it any different. Instead of saying, why her, why us? How about why not her and why not us? We got her for a reason. And I never thought it would be like, would turn into where we are now, 
but it we just it we just took it as okay and that was just kind of a shift in the in our my mindset and we're like okay we got this and so um we were completely great with you we're absolutely in love with you you were perfection um the next part was what is this this wasn't in the baby books I've never heard of this before it was never on my radar until she arrived I had no knowledge of of a congenital limb difference my only um experience with the limb different community were you know were amputees were veterans people with traumatic limb loss um or who had to have something amputated due to illness so it never occurred to me that you could just be born that way so the next the next part was to you know get in there with the the medical professionals so the next time the pediatrician came in I I was you know I said so what about her hand and she literally said oh that just sometimes happens and it was kind of like really that that's the best you got for me and I was kind of blown away I kind of thought that they would take the lead and be like okay so I understand there was um, an unexpected occurrence do you have any questions what can you do for I didn't get any of that because I do know um, I've got three children of my own yeah. as you're aware and I do know that they know how to like make sure that your uh, baby can breastfeed they sure. come on in, yep. they have a lactation oh, yeah. specialist, they're having to try to latch on, like they spend a half of a yeah. day making sure that you can feed your baby. Yeah, but feed your baby, wash your baby, swaddle your baby, all that stuff. Nobody came in and said, how are you doing with this? Like, it's kind of a perfect storm for like postpartum and things like that. So they, they're looking to fit me with like nursing bras and I'm like, okay, but her hand, like what else... And so is it because it's not that severe to where if you're born without a whole arm or you have other you know, things? I mean, um, is it, and, it, and again, on top sure. of that, I'm sure we'll get into it. Yeah, but yeah. I imagine that what year were you born again? 2007. Correct. Good answer. You got it right. <laughs> um, oh, you passed that test. Ring the bell. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> um, if, I'm assuming, again, a lot of it's because of your efforts, frankly, but um, you know, technology or just understanding um, and acceptance and education has improved since 2007. Oh, yeah. It's a for total... Sure. Lucky Finn Project has completely changed the game. Booyah again mm -hmm. to the Staplemans. But uh, on that note, so back in 2007, yeah. um, you're just in shock. Your first child? First biological child, yes. First biological child. So this is how it is. This is how it is. It's normal. And drop you in the middle of the room and say, we'll see you when she's 18. <laughs> yeah, it was just, you know. So I, I was like, okay, so nobody's saying anything. So the next time that somebody comes in, I'm going to get like a little bit more aggressive with my questioning because I thought that they were going to maybe spoon feed me a little bit and go, okay, you know, so here's the information and this is what you need to know. And, you know, there's everything else is good. There's no other anomalies. It's just her hand. She's perfectly healthy, which was all true, but nobody did. Nobody said anything. So the next time the pediatrician came in, I said, okay, so I know you said that this just sometimes happens. Um, can you tell me why does it have a name? You know, and she's like, oh, well, it looks like ABS. And again, I'm like, and what is that? I don't know what that means. And then she said, well, amniotic band syndrome. And I'm like, you're still, I have no idea. She, so she vaguely gave me a description, and I won't go into it because it's actually not what caused Ryan's hand difference. It's um, very common that uh, symbrachidactyly, which is what Ryan's, like, technical um, 
Can we dumb it down for us home gamers? Yeah. Do we have like initials or abbreviations or what do we call it, it on the well, street? Well, on the street, we call it lucky. We call it a lucky fin. Okay, you got the lucky fin. <laughs> we, we call um, it the lucky fin. So again, circling back to the Nemo part of it. So f- in Finding Nemo, uh, Nemo was born with one little fin smaller than the other and his dad affectionately called it his lucky fin. And w- after Ryan was born, um, she has two older sisters and... So she was in tow with them to their soccer games. And, you know, when, you know, I came in and was the room mom at school and stuff. And so kids are naturally curious and very naturally unfiltered, which is completely understandable. And uh, at the time they were seven and 10 and they would, they would have friends who would come up and say, what happened to the baby's hand? And I would say, well, nothing happened to her hand. She was just born that way. And they'd give me a confused look. And I understand because I had been there, whereas I don't understand what you're talking about. And so I just said, well, have you seen the movie Finding Nemo? And you know how Nemo has one fin smaller than the other, but he's, he went to school and he was very brave and he swam across the ocean, had lots of friends. And they're like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, she's like Nemo. We call her hand her lucky fin. And they're like, okay, cool. So it, it, it just made it relatable and it wasn't something scary for the kids right so it was now they had something to to pin it back to um and a lot of kids just would let it go or they'd follow up with you know oh that's super cool my favorite response was this one little boy immediately looked at his best friend and goes oh you know whose dad has six toes like it was just like they just you know you know seven-year-olds so um we just kind of nicknamed ryan's right hand her lucky fin hand um, and it, that just kind of stuck. Little did we know that other people across, literally across the globe, also were referring to their child's limb differences as a lucky fin, um, had no idea, and was after she was about two or three, I was doing some research to, again, to figure out about her, and because again, it's not in the baby books. Everything I found on online was very clinical. It was med- made for medical professionals. And you're a scientist by trade, right? Oh, so, I mean, sure. Oh, absolutely. You, you read uh, encyclopedias. You go to Wikipedia. Sure. You're actually like yeah. a non-practicing physician. Absolutely, hundred um, percent. Rocket scientist turned. I don't know. Um, um, philanthropist? I don't know. Well, what, you are what, definitely what do we want to say? But again, but again, we're being a little, yeah. s- we're teasing a little bit that you, again, you're a mom. Yeah. You're an average, an average, everyday, amazing mom, person, but no more special or less special in trying to figure this out. No. And so I just, I did what, what all the parents do, what they do now. It's just different because now Lucky Finn exists, but you get online. And you start looking up stuff, and everything I found was not digestible as a mother. It was all patient A presents with blah, blah, blah. And how is that, how do I take that something so unfeeling and, and textbooky and attach it to my daughter, who I absolutely love and adore? So it didn't fit. It was helpful with some of the information. Um, got into, like, some online groups and... Um, and was researching again, we were still under the impression that her hand difference was amniotic band syndrome. Just talking to other parents was helpful and we could share photos in a private uh, private area. Um, it was through that group, somebody suggested that perhaps it wasn't amniotic band syndrome that had affected Ryan's hand, that it was symbrachydactyly. And I said, that sounds like a dinosaur. I have no idea what you're talking about. 
and she's nearly a year old and nobody has said anything about this to me. So when you would go in for like the pediatric early baby, um, you know, checkups and things, is it just like, they didn't didn't want to talk about it. Just kind of, they kind of, it's not when it's not their expertise, they don't say anything. Nobody says anything. They don't, you know, we did take her to a hand specialist. We did get a referral to a hand specialist. We took her in. And again, we were like, they took an x-ray of her hand at that time and she's under a year. So, and we just said, are we, so are we supposed to do something? Cause we've seen some stuff online that are talking about bone transfers from the foot to the hand to create. And he just said, you know, I wouldn't, if she was my child, I wouldn't touch her. He's like, this is all she's ever going to know. This is how she's, this is the only body she's going to ever know. It's not like you or I had an unfortunate incident with a chainsaw and suddenly lost our fingers and now have to, have to learn how to relearn our body with everything we have. And, uh, and that was kind of, he's like, you know, if you want to bring her back in a year when her bones are a little bit more calcified and we can kind of get a better idea of like the internal, whatever of her hand, you can do that. And I think we got to the parking lot and her dad and I looked at each other and I'm like, you good? And he's like, I'm good. And I'm like, all right, cool. And we never went back to a hand specialist <laughs> again because we just didn't feel the need. And then we just watched her grow up. Um, and develop as a toddler and crawl and pick things up. And the, one of the things uh, that we said around the house watching her develop and everything was 10 fingers overrated, which is a play on the perfect baby, 10 fingers, 10 toes. And um, that actually, 10 fingers overrated, is one of our, I don't know, it's one of our hashtags, it's one of our slogans, that's on a bunch of our T-shirts, and it's probably one of our best-selling shirts uh, to create, you know, funding for the, for the project and everything. So it's just, you just don't know. Um, and until you see it, you know what I mean? And I think that's a lot of what the fear is, is the unknown. When, when you have, when you have no reference point and you haven't seen this before, you don't know what to expect. Um, and now with Lucky Finn Project and with like LFP Weekend and, um, our social media posts on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, now parents can get that snapshot of what a two-year-old looks like, what a four-year-old looks like, what a 15-year-old looks like, what a doctor, you know, without 10 fingers looks like. And so it, it eliminates that fear. I tell parents all the time, don't take anything off the table. Don't assume that your kid won't be able to do something because they don't have 10 fingers or two hands. Let them try. Let them figure it out. And, you know, it, if, if they want to learn, figure out how to play guitar, they'll figure out how to play guitar. Let them figure out what their passion is and then pursue that. Um, and sometimes things just kind of fall together naturally, and sometimes there's a lot of trial and error and workarounds, but it's, it's all possible. And once you get that figured out, these kids just launch. It's just incredible to watch, and so, I see it over and over so again. So, Ryan, we're going to talk about you launching here in a minute, okay? All we're right. going to bring that up, but let's talk about when did you launch Lucky Finn Project and what went from a concerned and involved mother sure. to someone who now wants this on, not even wants it, it just is now on the national, actually the global, global. stage, yeah. right? So, again, kudos to you, and great for being the inspiration, okay? Oh, yeah. Booyah to ya. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, please, like, when did uh, it become a formal uh, 501c3 and all that fun stuff? Uh, first created what we called Lucky Finn Project back in 2010, um, and it was literally just 
uh, a group of online parents. Um, Facebook had just sort of became more mainstream at that point, and I was talking to like groups. There were Facebook groups, groups and right? And you, so you could yeah. kind of like feel that out. And I was talking to literally a, a mother in Washington, one in Greece, one in Australia, and one in Indiana. And we all had daughters who were about the same age. They were all born with a hand difference. We would share things back and forth, our concerns. Just knowing you weren't alone was already so powerful, right? And then on accident, this is also your fault, by the way. Great. The bracelets. Long story short, I was at a bead store buying some beads to make some bracelets for myself and some friends. And Ryan just happened to be you know, tiny three-year-old at the right height to look into this case and sees these beads. And she's like, mama, those look like Nemo. And I looked at them and they're these little orange oval beads with a white silvery stripe through the middle. And yeah, it looks like a clownfish. And I just said to her, I said, okay, babe, you pick one out and I'll make you a lucky fin bracelet. Had no idea what I was saying. Had no, like nothing. Again, the, so much of the growth of lucky fin project has been so organic I literally just always feel like I'm just sort of sometimes like I'm the director of the train and sometimes I'm like holding on to the caboose for dear life. So like it varies on given a given date or a given hour, depending on what's going on. But um, I, so she picked out the bead and I made some bracelets and I told the other parents about it. And I'm like, you want a lucky fin bracelet? And they said, yes. And I had no idea where that would roll into. It was just going to be kind of like a unity thing between these mothers that we had talked to. And word got out, and then I started getting requests from other people from around the world. And then it turned into, well, like, how do, how do we make this happen? So initially it was just about the bracelets and, like, funding the bracelets and funding the shipping. And then it really, as all these people came in for these bracelets, it really showed me what kind of need there was out there for this sense of community and, um, and, and also pride. Like there were pride in wearing the Lucky Finn bracelets and parents, like families would order like 12 and then I'd get pictures of like a bunch of wrists with them all in. It was super cool. And people would use the bracelets on their, like their newborn's baby photos. I'm like, what an honor. I'm like, I made that. And that's their newborn's baby. Like they don't know me, but they, 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 they knew, that this lucky fin bracelet connected them to a community, which was very, very small at the time. So eventually we have to, you know, you have to incorporate before you can become a 501c3 and, and create a board and do all that stuff. Um, so in time, we, we finally got our, our certification as a 501c3, and then it was just like, let's go. Um, but even then, it was like, well, what do we do first? Like, where do we, okay, we got the bracelets, but now what? Now that we're getting some money a little bit here and there, what, what do we do? Was it still 2010, roughly? This would have been, no, uh, yeah, that would probably, I think we officially got our uh, certification in 2012. So, you know, that that's when we could formally operate as a nonprofit before we were basically just a, like a support group. Um, but how many people uh, were in the support group at that time? 2010, 2012, not exactly, but how many families, uh, you know, hundreds, I mean, thousands, maybe five, just no, you there, and your neighbors? No, there was definitely several hundred, if not thousands. See, that's the thing, too. Like, and you don't, that's, you know, we, um, initially we were, I was counting things by, like, how many bracelets we sent out. 
And now I just, you know. And the reason I bring it up is because, listen, to our audience out there listening and viewing, if you have no idea, please go check out, what's the uh, URL? LuckyFinProject.org? Yep. Is that right? Yep. So check it out. Go see what's going on there. But I'm going to tell you, in the last 28 days alone, here at the end of 2022, you have reached over 4 million people. Am I right? Correct. 4 million people in the last 28 days. In 28 days. Okay. You have almost... 100,000 Facebook followers. Correct. You have 75,000 Instagram followers yes. from what Ryan told me earlier. You have helped hundreds of thousands of families around the globe in under, I don't know, call it 10 years, sure. maybe, right? Yeah. So um, it's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. You know, you're, you're on your way. As okay. we always say on this show, we're just getting started. Yeah. You're just getting started. Yeah. So anyway, so I didn't mean to interrupt, but no. I want people to understand... Um, where we are, sure. but again, certainly um, the trials and tribulations along the way. Sure. So we're back in 2012. You just incorporated. Yep. You have a board. You have all the CEOs like Elon Musk and the Ford Motor Company chairman. <laughs> and sure. You've got the queen from England and all these people are just hanging out and they come and fly in and you guys have this Lucky Fin Project uh, weekend and it's just, it's no, it's hang out, right? Yeah, effortless. Okay. Effortless. effortless, right. Yeah. So the first thing that we did was do what I needed, what I had hoped I would get when I was in the hospital when I found out about my daughter's limb difference, which was create awareness brochures, something that if the doctors aren't going to, if it's out of their expertise and they feel that they're not qualified to talk about it, um, and, and, you know, it would would have also been nice to, to have a doctor go actually say that to me you know what, this is out of my expertise. Let me go look into this for you or, you know, or, but nobody, it was interesting. Like, I just felt like they kind of just left us hanging um, for and information. I'm ask so, real quick. So yeah. for those that are in our local community of uh, Metro Detroit, yep. okay, we have three world-class children's hospitals okay. and that would be uh, Children's in Detroit. Mm-hmm. That would be Mott out in Ann Arbor and that would be Beaumont Children's Hospital yeah. um, in Royal Oak and the other campuses around, right? Yeah. So with those, uh, this is, you know, again, a great place to take Sure. Pediatric patients yeah. that have some issues, some challenges, and have like you know a community that comes around and helps. So I'm assuming that again, it still was not necessarily taboo, but it wasn't like the number one thing going on at no, these children's I, facilities. No, I ask, uh, I ask the actually the nurse um, on the maternity ward. I said, "How long have you been working?" You know, in the maternity ward, and she's like, "Oh, my career of 15 years." And I said, "How?" Have you ever have you ever seen this before? And she said no. And I was like, oh. She's like, oh, we see a lot of club feet and cleft palates and things like that. But I, we we just I haven't seen this I haven't seen this before. Um, I was kind of taken aback by that at the time. Again, this is back in two thousand seven, and so much has so much has changed since then. But um, so what what I wanted to do is create those awareness brochures. So. If, um, if the doctors and the nurses or whomever can't talk about it, um, then they can at least give hand over this. And I also wanted those to be very welcoming. I didn't want them to be clinical and like what to do once you you know you discover your child has a limb difference. I wanted it to be an invitation. I wanted it to be like, all right, this is a group for you, and this I wanted it to be colorful and friendly and digestible information. Um, and then an invitation to, to, to check out the website and see what we're doing. Um, and so that's, 
that's kind of, that's how we started. Um, and then again, organic growth. We just, we had our families, our fam- Lucky Finn families going to see their specialists at all these world-class hospitals at, at Mott, at um, Cincinnati Children's Hospital, at Texas Scottish Rite, at Shriners. And they would go in and, and wear their Lucky Finn Project t-shirts and wear their bracelets and educate those doctors about this resource. And now it's come all the way around where instead of no information, it was my child was born at the hospital, they gave me your brochure, and I've been following you for six months, and this is amazing. And now, you know, Shriners, Boston's Children, Cincinnati Children's, Texas Scottish Rite, Cleveland Clinic, U of M Mott, Children's Hospital in Colorado, all those, all those organizations now refer their, parent, their patients to Lucky Finn Project. So it's, like, that's wild to me. I'm, like, so grateful because um, initially it was literally, like, knocking on doors 12 years ago and being like, hi, like, trying to help and but they're like, who are you? I don't know who you are. But so our family's showing up and showing these doctors the value of community. And it's not just about, well, can we do some surgery on the hand to make it look different or whatever like that. And, you know, I'm all for surgeries that make the hand more functional if needed and if wanted. Surgery is definitely not for everybody. But what Ryan and I found... um, is we, we actually spoke at a conference in, in Denver a number of years ago, and we were on the guest panel at a pediatric, it's like the global pediatric hand surgeon something. So we have these people from like all around the world sitting there, and they're going through, you know, different medical things all day, and we were kind of like the lighter side of, you know, I was the mother raising a child with a limb difference. She's the child growing up with a limb difference, and how, how do we feel about it? And we finished our little talk and our presentation. There was some Q&A, and we got done, and everybody was able to, like, break and go for coffee or use the restroom, whatever they needed to do. We had a line of people who wanted to talk to us from different hospitals and talk about the impact that we had had on their patients. Um, and I actually had a... a a hand surgeon say, because of Lucky Finn Project and because of the community you've created, it's it's changed the way we approach our job, because they we're finding that it's not about quote unquote fixing the hand, it's about making sure these people know that they're not alone. So it, there was a complete shift, and so it was just it was it was something I didn't it didn't occur to me that it would affect the pediatric, it would affect the hand surgeon's role in their, in um, their care of these patients and looking after the families. But it has, and I'm so grateful that they continue to share that information and help people find us and be that bridge so we can minimize that, that sense of feeling that you're isolated, you know? Yeah, I like that. And I'm going to up pivot right now sure okay uh ryan we're gonna bring you on to the mic and uh we're gonna take what your mom just said and as she said like with the physicians and the panel you were on and talking about limb difference uh, from the medical and the adult and the parents and getting engaged and trying to have this community right well there's a whole bunch of kids out there right that have the limb difference they are the nemos Fair. What were your kind of thoughts as you're on this panel or just, you know, the Lucky Finn Project, um, as you've seen it grow and evolve, um, how has it helped uh, you 
particularly as mm-hmm. the inspiration. What did you call it earlier, Molly? Um, I called it the catalyst. The catalyst. So yeah. we're going to put it out there so that it's, it's been said. Yeah. The catalyst, the inspiration. So, um, A, that has to kind of either put a little pressure on you, but again, help, hopefully helped you along the way. But for all the other uh, kids out there from the, the babies on up to the you know later teens, uh, how has the Lucky Finn Project helped them? Because it seems to help doctors and the parents. Um, well, I feel like it's definitely given them a lot more confidence in whatever and like feeling that they're not alone. And then they're making like at LFP weekend. There's a ton more like at the first day, there's like a ton of like nerves and like shyness and whatever. But like as the weekend goes on, you see like so many different kids just like making friends, having fun, running around, like all that stuff. So again, like feeling that they're not alone and then just like seeing um, older kids and like older people just like doing what they wanted to in their life and whatever, it gives them a lot more confidence to just like feel like they can go through with what they want to do and their goals and their dreams in life. And like, yes, there's going to be obstacles in the way, but it's not necessarily because of their difference. It's just like how life is, you know? Like, it's just going to be a little thing that's about them. Like, it's not going to, like, change anything, really. One of the um, acronyms at our office, and you've heard the acronym TEAM before, Mm -hmm. T-E-A-M. And we like to say, uh, together, everyone achieves more. Mm -hmm. Meaning that if you have a strong community and everyone can either lift each other up or you can share, I mean, that's community, you know. Um, Others have said before that teamwork makes the dream work. Mm -hmm. There's some truth to that too. But um, I think that's what you're saying Mm -hmm. is that um, you can use the platform of LFP or LFP Weekend Mm -hmm. to really um, let everyone know that they're not alone and that they are, there is some togetherness. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And then, at like, at LFP Weekend, we hear this a lot, and, um, you know, these kids come in, and all of a sudden, they're, they're not, the, the, two-handed, the two-handed people are the default. We're the default. And the, these kids, with their hand differences, or, you know, if they're, whether it's they're just their fingers or their palm, or they're missing a full forearm or something different, they, they come into this room and there's other people like them. It's it's your kindred. And so these kids who normally walk into a situation where there's hundreds of people who are, who are usually shy, they're like just out loud and proud. And it, and it goes for the adults too. Um, as the organization has grown, we have more and more people finding us as adults for the first time. Um, and I had one adult say to me, she said, finding Lucky Fin Project was like, being released from an island and she's like 36 years old and I just thought whoa to feel isolated and not completely you know she's not adrift at sea but to feel that that you're just on an island of your own and she was married and has kids and everything but again that that sense of community and stuff so I think last LFP weekend we had more limb different adults attend more than ever and there's a real healing there for that demographic of the community. So let's talk about that a little bit, which is um, the ADA mm-hmm. and just organizations um, that are there to help, you know, provide inclusion and adaptive, um, you know, 
opportunities. So, uh, like with that, um, and whether it's p- you know part of the mission of Lucky Finn or just you know I don't know where where you are and where you're going, how does that all fit into it? As far as what Lucky Finn Project does with like our funding or where yeah. our goals are, I mean, sure, kind of just all of it in sure. general. Yeah. yeah. So you know, as again, the number one part is creating a network uh, and community of individuals families around the globe um, to provide education and not just to limb different, the limb different community. We're not just talk. We don't want to just talk in a bubble. We just don't want to talk to like our people. We want to educate everybody. So that's why our Facebook page is a public page because it is there, there for education um, because we do want people who aren't part of the limb different community to, to get a, get a look at what, our community is doing and see that we're it's not that different we're all just people and everybody has a difference whether it's physical or something else um and so you know we can remove that stigma or any feeling of like oh that's that's sad you know i i remember having ryan in a, in a store with me as a little she was a little baby and two older women came by and they smiled and i smiled and they went into the next aisle and i heard one of the women said what a beautiful baby, but did you see her hand? And I was like, oh, I'm com-. I, walk, I was walking her home in her stroller. She's too little. She wouldn't have remembered, but I'm talking to her out loud. And I'm like, you don't listen to them. They don't know what they're talking about. You are beautiful. There's no butt, you know, or anything besides her hand. I'm like, your hand is part of you. You're beautiful. All of you, boo. I was just like, oh, mama bared up. But um, so yeah, to find, to find that, Again, that sense of community and that thread of knowing you're not alone, even if you're not all together at the same time, um, is super important. And then, you know, it's so we're and we live in a whole different world where these kids now can like FaceTime each other. So it doesn't matter that, you know, Luca is in California, you know, and, you know, wants to talk to somebody who lives in, you know, Iowa. They can FaceTime. They can see each other. So. That that I think that's extre- extremely important, and then the the parents can network. Um, and there's so many like subgroups on Facebook. We have chapter pages for various locations, all sorts of stuff where they can be more centralized and and talk on a smaller pa- platform that's private. I'll ask the question for all those that are listening and watching: When, if you're the parent or the child that can now figure it out, say um, include me, or I need some help, or where do I go? Sure. There's um, a growing number of children's books that feature limb different characters, which is wonderful. Um, and then beyond that, there's all sorts of different adaptive tools that from you know the easy hold silicon cuffs that you can put on to create a handle on something that wouldn't otherwise have one. Ryan's used that before to play uh, Just Dance so she can <laughs> be- better hold the controller in, in her right hand um, because to play that, you have to hold it in your right hand. Um, what else is there, Rye? Of course, we have the prosthetics. Um, my Velcro stuff that I would oh, use yeah. for gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in elementary school, you have those like, I don't know what you would call them, like signified. Like every every year, you had to do these certain amount of like exercises so they can see like yeah physical fitness tests. yeah physical fitness tests and like just see like where you're at and like take the average and whatever. So one of the exercises we had to do was we had to do pull ups. And with me, I mean, I could, but I can't do that much because I can't grip. 
I can only like I mean I yeah. can, but it pinches, and that doesn't ha- have like a lot of. I said, come on, just take it. Use your. Use your I know. That's I what mean, I do. <laughs> that's I just hold okay. it. Like, get the bar under here, okay. and it works. But I can only do so many, and there's not really I can't use much of my muscle because uh, everything's focused on like my wrist. Putting all the ri- yeah, putting all. Uh, the can you can you do one at least like this? Yeah. Okay, so listen, when I was your age, I couldn't look at these little skinny arms I got. Okay, <laughs> I don't have a limb difference, and I couldn't even do one. I had to like kind of put the bar down and just like kind of step <laughs> with my toes. Okay, so anyway, I got you, but uh, oh, yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. So what she ended up, we ended up getting for her was not something that's made for the limb different community. There's so many hacks that the limb different community uses that's not made specifically for the limb different community, and it was on an arm lifting hook. So it's just this kind of like wrap around yeah. Velcro. Wrap around Velcro thing, and then there's like this metal, yeah. say it's metal? Yeah. Metal, like just like two little like hooks right. at the end. Yeah. And you strap that on, and you put it, and then you just do it. I mean, you can do. Yeah. So, yeah, she was in, you know, we talked to the gym teacher and said, are you okay with this ad- adaptation? And he's like, yeah, cool, yeah. So, and that's another thing that we've been really fortunate with is all your teachers and everything have been really cool about yeah. letting you figure out your own way, like mm-hmm. how you're going to type. And Yeah, very nice, very accepting. Yep. Yeah, we've been really fortunate. All right, well, we're going to pivot one more time. Yeah. A couple more pivots here. Uh, so there's a part of the show that we're entering into my favorite part. Instead of it being called What Do We Do, we're going to go to part of the show we call What Ryan Do and What Molly Do. And what that means is if Molly could go back to her 18-year-old self or, you know, being a brand new mom to Ryan, what would you do that, again, those that are in that situation today could learn from you? And I'm going to give Ryan a little bit extra time to get her mind right around <laughs> it to where I'm going to ask you the same thing. But mm-hmm. since you can't even go back to your 18 because we're not even there yet, we're going to go back to again. What would you say to someone who's in elementary school or just starting out, you know, in junior high mm-hmm. that uh, is in the similar situation that you were in then? Mm-hmm. What you would tell them, uh, you know, as whether it's inspiration or tell them to suck it up. I don't even know. Whatever you're going to tell them that you would wish someone had told you at the time. Okay, mm-hmm. fair. So, Mom, I'm going to start with you. Yeah. What... Molly do? I would go back and tell my new mom self that um, how, how, you, how you talk to your child about their confidence and about their body is how you are going to give them that blueprint to gain that confidence and that self-acceptance later in life. It really starts with the parent. I mean, you can think about it. I mean, if you're like, sorry, do it. You, only the blue-eyed guys can do that. So, the, you know, so to say to Ryan, oh, well, you, you don't have 10 fingers, so you're not going to be able to do that, to, to push her and allow her to find her own way to do things and, 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 and let her figure stuff out herself and not be so eager to help and like, oh, well, let me get that for you and do all this stuff. Um, so you, you really help find that child find that positive voice for themselves before they, they can find it for them, their self, you know, for their own and don't be so hard on yourself. I was so hard on myself and everything. It's you know? all your fault. It was all my fault. It's always been your fault. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, I think that's the that's yeah. It and and not knowing and not having any information made it feel like it was my fault and that and and I felt terribly isolated. And so that's why the growth of Lucky Fin Project has been so important and so valuable to so many people. Um, 
And my intention was like, if I can just alleviate the worry for one, then I'm good. Mission and and yeah. we're we are way beyond one now. <laughs> so I've heard and so I've shared. <laughs> Thank Absolutely. You. Heck, Thank heck, you. Yeah. All right, Ryan, you're up. What would Ryan do? Um, if I could go back, I would tell my young self to get ready for COVID. Okay. <laughs> in all honesty. <laughs> okay, right on, right. I mean I would, but not <laughs> right. really. Um, but in all honesty, like my answer isn't really about my hand because my hand hasn't really, like, yes, it's a part of me, but it hasn't really, like, affected my life. And, like, these questions are so difficult to answer for me because so many people, like, like expect, like, a sad, like, sob story that, like, oh, I've been bullied for the past, like, four years of my life and it's been really hard. And that's just not me. Like, yes, people go through that and that's really, like, unfortunate and, like, people are awful. But, like, for most people that I know from the limb different community. They don't really go through that, and I'm one of them. So I think I would just say, like, um, things are going to change, like, a lot mentally, and you're going to be, like, going through some stuff, and you just got to be, like, be ready, be yourself, just, like, communicate a lot, like, about your feelings, um, and just, like, have fun, enjoy the moment, like, never really get too hard on yourself because that'll, like, really help you more in the future if you don't do that. Words from the wise. I, I love it. There's a, there's a song out there that goes back uh, decades. And um, I think the song is actually like about women and what um, they can do, you know, compared to what a man can do. But the lyric goes something like this. Um, uh, anything you, you can, can do, do, I can, can do, do better. better. I can do mm -hmm. anything better, better than you. Yeah. Right. So uh, I always, whenever, uh, you know, I hear about, Anybody who's has some struggles and just, you know, maybe having an uh, uphill fight or maybe they're just, um, you know, they're just um, uh, discriminated against sure. for whatever it is. Um, I always kind of just put that in my head and either um, if I can help them or just let them know they can do it or in my personal life, the things that I feel challenges with, I kind of, you know, again, that doesn't, it's not a song for gender. It's not a mm -hmm. song for limbs. It's not a song for anyone. It's a song for everyone. Sure. So I kind of think that's... Uh, my little two cents for the show. And we're not done, so we're going to pivot again. Okay. Thank you so much for that, Ryan and Molly. But now let's talk about the future and yeah. the future of Lucky Finn and the future of Ryan. However, I'm going to give a little bit of some color to uh, there was a Michigan baseball player. Yeah. It was Jim Abbott. Jim Abbott, yeah. And he was uh, the star of the show when I was growing up. Um, I went to U of M, Go Blue. Um, I remember watching him pitch and going, holy moly, like yeah. he's moving his glove from the one arm to pitch yeah. and throw it back on. And he's certainly not the only um, person to play baseball that could do that. But he's one of a few, only a few. Um, I actually have two other friends besides Ryan that have limb differences. Uh, shout out to my man, uh, Darren Murray. He's uh, missing part of his lower arm, and he uh, played high school and college lacrosse. Yeah. He's also left-handed like I am, and so we play golf, and he... Uh, Give it up he, for another left-hander. Left-handed, blow it up, <laughs> booyah. Well, again, to my man, Murray, D-Money, you know who you are. Uh, you've beat me once or twice at a round of golf, and I did play golf in college, by the way, and he's beat me. And so I don't really think he's got any type of limb difference. This guy, when we're playing golf, his limb works just fine. Yeah. Fair? Yeah. And I have another one, uh, Louis Boudreaux. So my man, uh, Louis, same thing. He has more of what we call, and again, I don't want to disrespect anybody, please, but he calls it his claw. 
Sure. So he's got some, um, you know, missing a finger or two, and um, it's a little shorter than the other hand. And so um, he also plays golf, and he has also beat me a few times. So uh, from a collegiate golfer who does not have a limb difference, uh, anything uh, I can do, they can do better. So, yeah, you mentioned Jim Abbott earlier, and he's, you know, yes, he went to U of M and and, uh, just an amazing person. And actually, with Jim, when I was researching stuff after Ryan was born, Jim was the only person I could find on the Internet in the public eye with a limb difference. So, like, he was, like, the goat from the beginning. Like, everything's Jim Abbott. And we met him at a book signing in Ann Arbor when Ryan was about four. And... You know, and then you, you you cut to where we're at now, and you know I've got Jim calling me asking, or actually he emailed me and asked me if I could, he could have my my home phone number because he had some questions for me, and he said that he felt that Lucky Finn Project was the most well known, well most valued organization within the limb different community, and to have that come from. He was the only person I'd ever seen to like 10 years later, him telling you how valuable he thinks Lucky Finn is was just like, I was like, I'm just going to sit down in my kitchen right now and like trying to be cool on the phone, but like, no, but yeah. So Jim was like most famous for like pitching a a no hitter um, for the New York Yankees. And so that was like, that's one of his big things. And then now we're seeing more and more limb different athletes in mainstream professional sports. So we had Shaquem Griffin, um, who played four seasons and played for Seattle Seahawks and then I believe the Miami Dolphins before he retired. And then right now we've got our girl Carson Pickett, who we've also met when Ryan was younger. She's another soccer player. And and, media. Yeah, she's getting a lot of media right now, which is really awesome because it, it's, it's great for her. And then, it again, it shines a light on the limb different community. So Carson's playing right now for the North Carolina Courage. And then she has several times now gotten called up to play with the women's national team. So she's the first limb different player for the women's national team, which is just remarkable. And so it's really put her in a different spotlight, um, not just as, you know, what an incredible soccer player, but she's unique in the fact that she does have this physical difference, but she's playing professional sports. So actually our San Diego chapter just organized a meetup and we paid for their tickets to all go see Carson and have a meet and greet with her after the after the game. So it's just really it's just special. Um, and then when and then again it gives when it's when it's mainstream sports, whether it's baseball or soccer or football, when there's a limb different athlete out there playing, that sparks a conversation for all the people who aren't part of the limb different community. And I think it again takes away that stigma of like the thinking this person is somehow handicapped or how could they ever possibly do that? Well, they are doing it and they're doing it on a professional level. Nobody's like, oh yeah, just let them on the team so they'll feel better about themselves. Like inclusion's great, but like they earn their spot there. So that's just, again, it's just really cool to see. And we're seeing more of that um, in mainstream sports. And then other than that, we we see a lot of it in advertising now. And there are even, um, I think at Target might be one of the yeah. uh, the most forward-thinking or out there with yeah. their clothing lines, right? Yeah, they've got adaptive clothing lines that are out now. And then actually one of my ambassadors, Jaleesa Graham, is a model for Target. You can go on the website and find her. And then our good friend Madison Tout, 
Um, she two year for two years now. She is there in-store signage athletic campaign and she is born without a hand um, and I can't tell you how many times I get somebody sending me a picture of Madison's you know pose, posing in target with their little kid next to them and they're so proud to see somebody like them in the middle of target like who doesn't love target targets like everything right so you go in there and then these kids get to see somebody like them they identify with they identify with it and then not only for the kids i've talked to adults who say seeing that kind of representation in a mainstream scenario whether it's um you know there's uh, so many people are doing it now which is so wonderful it's just it's kind of like we're the next minority to be included um and we just happen to be limb different but so many adults have said to me, if I had seen something like this as a child growing up, it really would have affected my self-esteem in a positive way. So it, you know, it's, it's kind of like that thing, you know, where you're like, you know, I never saw this as a kid. We didn't have any of this as a kid. Um, so I, again, I think it's part of that healing and I think it's a really wonderful shift to help reduce the stigma. And again, just that idea of inclusion and that we're all different and, some of our differences are on the outside and some of them are on the inside, you know, whether, you know, whether they're making adaptive clothing to help limb different kids, you know, they're using Velcro, um, like Velcro closures under buttons. So it looks like a button down shirt, but the closures are Velcro, but then they're also making adaptive clothing for kids with sensory issues, you know, or different mobility issues. Um, so it's just, it's, that's fantastic. And then to have mainstream, um, mainstream companies like Target, Tommy Hilfiger, um, Zappos, all this stuff, um, making these adaptive clothing lines and making them accessible. JCPenney is another one, making them accessible to the mainstream community and the mainstream store. So it's not like these parents or, or adults have to go searching in some weird other thing for like, oh, this is all the special needs stuff. It's, it's out there and, and it's accessible for, for everyone. Um, and who's to say that, you know, maybe, maybe a kid just doesn't, doesn't like button in his shirt. He might have 10 fingers. He might just have a time button in his shirt. The Velcro thing is a lot easier for him, you know? Ryan, in case you care, like I only wear shoes that I don't have to tie the laces on anymore. I oh. actually, yeah, I actually have both limbs and the 10 mm -hmm. fingers and 10 toes, but um, yeah, I like the slide ons. Yeah. 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 I'm not lazy. It's just more efficient. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and again, a shout out to really, and this is from the economic part of it, the targets, the JCPenney's, all those that you referenced, because from a financial perspective, it costs them money. They might have to like design it and do these different things and uh, go on a campaign. It could cost them hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to put a line in their stores nationwide and so you know they have to do the economic analysis if it's worth it they're not in the charity business they're in the for-profit business sure. they have shareholders to report to everyone wants to um you know um have inclusion and um it, it sounds good and feels good but there's reasons why a lot of these things are uphill battles because sure. there's money involved so again, kudos to them because whether they're loss leaders or they're just losses or maybe the economic benefit is not what it's about. It is the community impact that it has and that's not the community of Metro Detroit or even the United States. That's the global community. Sure. I think it's a real win-win when companies like this start doing those things. Lego just introduced a new Lego Friends character that um, actually they have a whole 
group of Lego friends with um, different disabilities, but one of them has a limb difference. Um, and that's wonderful. Again, we're doing that. And then, you know, uh, Barbie Mermaid just came out with a, a new little movie, and one of the mermaids uh, was born without a tail, so she swims with a, a prosthetic tail. And the other part of that that movie um, is fantastic because Mattel made the deliberate conscious choice to cast the actress who who p- voices this mermaid. She's also limb different, and so that's authentic representation. I mean, it's different. You know, the, we talk about this all the time about you know. One of my other ambassadors, Angel, she was in, uh, oh, what am I? Oh, the Hunger Games movies. And she, you know, in in there, it's supposed to look like, you know, maybe she lost her limb during the games. Um, but in reality, that's the way she was born. And so, you know, and, she, and she's, you know, she, so she's in that movie. And they're, so they're, they're hiring limb different actors to play those limb different roles or just a limb different actor to play a role and it has nothing to do with their hand. Their hand doesn't even get mentioned. It's just an actor. And that's kind of where I'd like it to get to, where it's not, you know, you're not hiring people to pretend to be limb different or pretend, you know, or we're not CGIing out stuff. If we can hire actors to actually play, you know, that the, the true character, then let's go that route because they're out there. So it's just really cool. I think that's fantastic. So we're going to uh, slowly but surely wrap up the show today, yeah. but we're going to... St- end with maybe two more topics that we'll cover quick. The first one would be what's next for Lucky Finn, but also what would you like to see, and Ryan, you're including this, what would you like to see, um, you know, the future hold for the limb different community as well as, again, where you want uh, Lucky Finn to go? That's a big question. That's a big question. Big icebreaker for you. Um, well, on like a small scale, like where, where we're literally headed into right now is the holiday season. Um, we're going to be heading into Giving Tuesday, so we're, we're working on campaigns for that. You'll see those coming up. Um, All right, so stop there. Let's yeah. do a shameless plug, okay? Yeah. So along with it, the holidays uh, are here. Yeah. Okay, and so hint, hint. Hint, hint. Giving Tuesday. So with all of that, do you have any goals? Do you have as an organization just the more money, the merrier. Yeah. Or again, I mean, yeah. are there, uh, you know, do you have any campaigns that you're on, or what, you know, what is uh, something more specific? And please give the URL or the phone number or the, you know, where can they go? Where can all of our listeners, our subscribers, go to help the Lucky Fit Project? So, as far as Giving Tuesday goes, we will be hyping that up on all of our our social media platforms. So you will it'll it's, it'll be available on our website, on our Facebook page, on our Instagram page. There'll be a link on Twitter. Um, so that that campaign will all go out. And then additionally beyond that, we have what else do we have going on? You're it's, selling, you sell some oh, merch. Yeah. We have we we have lots of popular merch and then we have the what are you saying, Rye? ornaments oh yeah the ornaments that's a big one the big ones people go nuts so we have an annual christmas ornament drop um it they are wonderful they're handmade they're one of a kind when they're gone they're gone is there a point last year where you had to put a post up that enough already if i can't get you one you're not gonna get (laughs) one or something like that uh actually i think ryan ryan saw a comment on on, yeah yeah, ryan saw a comment on instagram from somebody who um 
was was upset that they felt that this was their third year trying to get an ornament and they couldn't get one and like it they kind of they were I get I love that people are they're handmade you hire you have someone who I have an artist in New York who makes them um she's the same artist that we've been using for 10 years so there's a continuity with the ornaments um we've had to we've had to change uh how many people? How many ornaments people are allowed to order per order? Because people would order like fifteen and just like gut the whole thing. Um, but so yeah, we have the the Christmas ornaments, a big one. Do we dare early promote the candle that's yes, coming out? Yes, yes. Go we have ahead. a candle that's coming out. Candle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we Never have. Done this before. It's yeah. The candle's new, and it's a collaboration um, with another group called the Grace Effect, and how we got involved with them. Number one. We're big candle people in our house. Mm-hmm. It's kind of love candles. It's kind of a problem. So. It's kind of a problem. Um, but there's another Michigan-based um, business called the Grace Effect, and Katie's daughter Grace was born with Down syndrome, and in an effort to uh, give her daughter opportunity to have a sustainable occupation, she created this candle company, and. I love all of that. I think that is so, that's a beautiful thing. So I reached out to her and said, what do you think about doing a candle collaboration? So uh, those candles will be available. They'll be available on the Grace Effect site, uh, which I love because that will take our community and introduce them to that community rather than have the candle on our platform and it all just be in-house and just, I want people to find the Grace Effect. Together, everyone achieves more. Exactly, exactly. That's awesome. So that's great for the Lucky Finn Project and Onward and Upward. Now, in general, the um, limb difference community, what, maybe Ryan, for you, what do you hope the future holds for uh, the limb difference community? Maybe that's from uh, the children on up that um, have it or the parents, or just, again, all of us as one community, you know, what would you hope to have happen in the future? Um, overall, like, how it's starting to get now, like, more, like, inclusivity? Yeah, inclusive, yeah. mainstream. Mainstream. Um, and then just, like, less of a stereotype, like, more communication about it, and that's already, like, happened a lot. Like, um, there's a lot more resources out there, um, and I'd like to see more of that just like skyrocket and just like keep going forward. Yeah. I think that's yeah. awesome. And I want, like personally, I want to create scholarships through Lucky Finn Project for higher oh, education. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be um, that they're going to a college per se. If they want to go to trade school or, you know, whatever they want to do, I want to enable that. Um, that's something somebody came to me early on. Trace, one of our ambassadors, came on early on. Um, back when he was about 18 years old and graduating from school and said, you know, do you, do you have any scholarships? And I was like, we, we don't have two nickels to rub together, buddy. Like, no, but I'd love to. And now we've grown so we can do that. And it's fun. Speaking of that, uh, young man, he now is one of our ambassadors and a children's book writer and has written children's books featuring limb different characters. So he's, he's part of, you know, creating the same thing that he would have liked to seen and as a child, seeing a children's book with the main character being the hero and without having two hands. 
Yeah, it's amazing. What a, again, a community can come together. Yeah. Give it a little time, a little inspiration, a little perspiration along the way. Uh, let's end with maybe a shout out to uh, some of the sponsors, those uh, corporations that have helped you now. And then again, any calls to action or request, maybe it is. Let's see somebody out there who wants to kind of uh, you know put the flag in the, in the ground to get a scholarship started, the LF uh, project, right? Yeah. Scholarship if, one, whatnot. Yeah. If somebody could come in and, and help show us how to... The, you know, the A, B, and C of creating a scholarship, I would absolutely appreciate that. Okay, well, that's done. I can help you with that. So oh, okay. So we're okay. Gonna, done. Gonna, that's done. done. Well, okay, done so that's done, done right, for sure. So, cool. Yeah, All right. I'm, I'm out. Bye. Okay, okay. So we're, that's it. I absolutely will commit to that right okay. there. So let's give a quick shout out to uh, the corporate sponsors of Lucky Finn Project. And um, again, anything else to wrap up the show uh, before we uh, call it a day? Sure. With, uh, with Lucky Finn Project Weekend, our sponsors were Unlimited Tomorrows, which is a 3D prosthetic building company um embassy suites troy we've received um significant donations from great lakes wealth for one um and then warner brothers mtv uh, uh johnson and johnson uh so we've been really fortunate over the years to kind of uh, make a name for ourselves, get those applications and be recognized um, and, and get that, that sort of funding. And, and when it's that large of a windfall of cash, it's just, whoo, you know, I'm always get emotional with it. Um, and it, nothing, you know, that kind of support never gets old. Um, well, how about real quick, what do we do with it? What do we do with oh, the money? Where does yeah. it go? So again, um, it goes to enable the platforms and all the social media to produce the awareness brochures, which we distribute to free for free for anybody who asks for them. You just need to ask how, you know, I'm like, how many do you need? Where do you need me to send them? And I'll get them to you. Um, and then the other part is to fund initiatives within the limb different community. So that might be um, funding a documentary about being limb different, um, fund, helping fund a children's book about being limb different, um, creating dolls that have limb differences, uh, helping fund with adaptations to, to bikes um, or finding adaptations to baseball mitt that's a big one if somebody would come in and help us make a custom mitt for kids this would be such a win-win oh, i'm just it wilson's done it a couple times uh, i wish they'd commit to doing it full-time um the brand loyalty will be epic uh the other part is the it's i, I hate to call it a business model but there will always be limb different children there will always be limb different children growing up so you have the, the reoccurring yeah, revenue yes, opportunity. It's always that's coming. Like thing. there's, it's not, ne that's never going to stop. So there's always going to be kids who are going to need a special mitt or a special glove when it comes to playing hockey that's accommodating, but still like legit to play the sport. So um, we help with those things. Um, and then of course we host uh, LFP weekend and, um, and then other, uh, we help fund other meetups around the country. Uh, in addition to that, we help get people get their prosthetics they need um, and, and different campaigns with that. The other side project we've done multiple times, which is always fun, is helping get limb different animals, specifically dogs, um, adopted by a limb different family. So then it's a win-win for the family and the animal. So that's kind of another fun like offshoot that again organically happened 
but so the, um, so yeah, that's where all the that's where all the money goes. Brian, <laughs> for you, uh, anything else you'd like to say to your community, your peers, your parents, uh, community? You know, anybody else out there that uh, you want to share something with? Um, well, my parents, thank you for being yourselves and making me into a good person and who I am today. Very helpful. Very. Oh, you're. You were a very easy kid to raise. Okay, well, you're a good kid. This is me. Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. I don't continue. <laughs> so thank you guys for that, and then for the community in general, uh, just keep being yourselves. Like, you don't gotta be worried about anything. Like, you can be nervous a little bit, but don't let that like control your life and whatever. Just be yourself and do what you want to do, and keep trying to reach your goals and work hard. Heck yeah, it sounds good to me. Well, Ryan, you're an inspiration. Molly, you're an inspiration and a leader. And actually, Ryan, I'm not going to shortchange you. You're a heck of a leader as well, okay? You're yeah, a future is. leader. You're a leader now, yeah. but we're trying to lift up and find future leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a big uh, part of the What Do We Do podcast. So uh, to the Staplemans, I really appreciate you being here for the Lucky Finn Project, probably touching I don't know, millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people around the globe. Mm-hmm. And you're just getting started. Yeah, How yeah. awesome is that? And to our listeners, our viewers, this has been season three, episode six, number 69 of the What Do We Do podcast. And again, with that, I always say, live your best life. Be radically generous. A great big booyah to ya. It's the end of the year. Be radically generous to the Lucky Finn Project. And we have 1.5 million social media views, but we're just getting started. The opinions expressed in this program are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It's only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risks and possible loss of principal capital. Please see Seek advice from a licensed professional.